Because I did not anticipate that response. Um, the the uh, week I have so enjoyed watching as the uh, Emergencies Act inquiry rolls on. Yeah, and more and more people are called to testify. <laughs> uh, uh, people who lived there and how they were affected. Uh, uh, you know, uh, officials of CSIS, of the Ottawa Police, whatever. Um, and, and more and more people coming, making it very clear that this was an appropriate use for the Emergencies Act, and it is driving the uh, the Pierre Polyver fanboys crazy. Um, they are, they're, they're losing it because, um, especially when CSIS said that they recommended that they, uh, that it be uh, being put in place. Um, yeah, that made, that made conservative Twitter kind of go shenanigans. Yeah, they they have nothing, and so they continue to they're they're making up crazy, crazy conspiracy theories, like the crazy conspiracy theory of the uh, the, the the trucker convoy's lawyer, who said who who suggested in court that the people carrying the Nazi and Confederate flags were actually operatives of the Liberal Party uh, to discredit. The, the convoy and that the Liberal Party colluded with the media and a PR firm to uh, to, to, to make the uh, convoy look bad. So they hired people to go out. And then the, uh, one of the people carrying one of the flags was identi- identified yeah. as being a conservative voter who supported Polyev in the, in the last. And, and that fell apart. But of course, here's the interesting thing is that even though it was disproved that it was, you know, it wasn't the Liberals. They just continue to talk as if they never heard that it yeah. was disproven. Yeah. They just keep talking. It's like, no, I don't want to hear. You know, they put their, their hands over their ears. Okay, in fairness, they're not the only ones to do that. Any political zealot does that. That's the only way they can maintain their ridiculous ideas. Yeah, well, in this case, and I don't like the lefties, the crazy lefties either. Because um, well, they do the same thing. Well, I... The crazy lefties are they're they're many of them are phonies um, and they are um, purists who have their their ideas cannot survive in the real world. And so well, they... ne- never mind that their ideas, some of them have been practiced historically. It actually helped, you know, authoritarian leaning right wing figures get more power because the 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 craziness scared scared the straight so to speak right it scared regular people so much that's how nixon got a, a second term well that's how hitler got in charge well i i prefer to not godwin godwin's law this stuff so i go for nixon but it instead is, of okay, hitler nixon fine but it is still historically uh, that also happened uh that helped uh, hitler come to power when uh, well, a lot a lot of factors factored of into that the the economic conditions in germany after world war one had had a lot to do with that um and the and the fact that uh, the riots in the streets uh the left-wing riots in the streets um gave the uh the, the nazis pretense to say that they they were protecting people 
by taking more. Anyway, um, I mean that that type of I want I want to be clear because I like you know I like I like facts. The type of left wing politics that was practiced back then is not recognizable to people now. You know, it was a form of anacro syndicalism. Oh yeah, that all that old anac- and and and, and yeah. yeah, it's it's not the same. Anacro syndicalism. Yeah, it was it was much more like like factory work stoppages and things like that. It, it wasn't the you know like identity progressive politics that people associate with the left now. Because back then everybody hated the Jews, right? So <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. That's what people could agree on. The Jews sucked back then. I am not saying I believe that for obvious reasons, but you know, that that's the weird thing about history. You see the right and the left fighting over economic things, but they're like, oh, we can agree the Jews are bad. Well, yeah, they, he- they, they always see, yes, because I see more anti-Semitic stuff in social media now it's probably just because of what you know what comes on my social media um, i don't get very much very much right wing stuff on my social media so i don't really see the right wing anti-semitism but i see a lot of left wing anti-semitism which they justify as being this that and the other thing um, right because right. they have to sanctify their hatred as being something pure um, yeah they they need everything to be simple and so it's just i mean I I did get a chuckle. I don't know if you saw Tucker Carlson losing it over Pete Buttigieg this week. I read the article where Tucker Carlson, first of all, was going off that uh, Pete Buttigieg lied about who he was Mm. because he didn't come out uh, right away and say he was gay. Because, um, I mean, a guy in Indiana has some self-preservation. Not just that. He was in the military and he <laughs> he followed Don't Ask, Don't tell. tell. Yeah, he was well, following see, po- um, government policy, military policy at the time. Chastin Buttigieg just responded to that with a picture of Pete in uniform, like saluting, like, duh, this is why, dude. I love Chastin Buttigieg. Guy went from this super shy thing to a total bomb thrower. Love it. But my comment on the whole thing was Pete Buttigieg in a few short years went from being not gay enough for the left to not gay enough for the right. Normalization comes at you fast. Dude, gonna be president someday. I would love that, but I don't think it's happening. That, but that's why he's so effective. Well, it's like it's like Homer Simpson said they, in, in one <laughs> episode. He likes his homosexuals flaming. But that is what the left did to him. Uh, yeah. I was stunned. I was upset because, you know, I was an early Buttigieg backer. I remember you and I, I both listening to him yeah, when he well, was still no, an I, unknown. I, I came to Ed. No, you don't, you don't get to take this one. I found him and went, you got to listen to this dude. And it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, it was a long, we were in a long drive. Yeah. And he, uh, there was coverage of his speech. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this guy knows his knows his he, stuff. He was great. And and everybody freaked out because he upended the whole race. Well, right? the, the, the reason the right hates Pete Buttigieg not being gay enough is because he doesn't scare people. Yeah. He he doesn't perform as gay. He doesn't lisp. He doesn't do any of those and, things and, that are I mean, stereotypically you know in the media associated with being gay. And so he doesn't frighten middle America. Yeah, well, he's also been in the military. Yeah. And worked for, oh, what is it? Some sort of like a think tank that was basically like super capitalist, right? And he's from Indiana. 
it's it it just punctures the whole latte liberal libel. Yeah, he's. I mean, if I was if I was on the right, and I I mean, Buttigieg goes on Fox News and just and he, destroys them. <laughs> just, it's in. It, it is so enjoyable. He 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 just surgically. I don't would, know why they keep asking him back. He is I so really good. Don't. He he just punctures. All yeah. of their lives, he doesn't get angry. No, he doesn't. Like he doesn't. He doesn't take debate. He just yeah. very, he's very just laid back. Yeah, and he in control. And he yeah. just he just with facts dismantles everything they're saying and yeah. everything the other person's saying. And he is so precise, such a good speaker. He doesn't come across like he's not RuPaul in Drag Race. Like he's, he's and I love RuPaul. Yeah, but that fine, but. He doesn't come across the way middle America sees homosexuals and the way in which middle America is scared. And you sound men. you sound so boomer when you say homosexuals. I'm trying not to still you, you don't have to use the word <laughs> gay over and over. You can say LGBTQ, uh, but he I, is gay. He's gay. So just say gay. Say gay, Ed. You're not in Florida. Enough with you. Okay, um, but I want to circle I, back. The reason I keep jumping on you on this, I apologize for interrupting, but the right-wing media has taken some really nasty cracks at Christia Freeland during this this Emergencies Act inquiry, and it's bothered me. Yeah, what so were some I'm, of the cracks? I'm, I'm really hypersensitive to identity stereotyping. Um, this one guy, I don't even know who the heck the guy was, but apparently used to work for Tucker Carlson. And now he's writing for some very right wing thing. But uh, he he commented that she was short. Um, that's important. Because that's relevant to anything. Yeah, that's right? very important. But hold on, I'm pulling up the tweet so I can get it right. Um, so it's this guy, David Craden from the Western Standard. Daily caller alumni, right? Jazz and lounge singer. Uh, but he says <laughs> what? I, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, that that's a that's a synopsis a part of his bio. Jazz and lounge singer. Yeah, daily, as well daily. as crazy right winger. Right, right. Former Have you daily... ever met a straight lounge singer? Yeah. Okay, I haven't. Um, anyway, um, but he says pint-sized Christia Freeland take talks down to everyone at the Emergencies Act inquiry and claims the Freedom Convoy made Canada look like a banana republic. No, girl, it was you and Trudeau who did that. Okay, maybe he's not straight after that. But um, pint-sized talks down to and you know, well, right, that right. that that's the the right wing. They like to think they like to, to depict liberals as being snooty. But okay, he's calling her pint sized, and he's criticizing anybody else for being condescending. Well, there's that. But also, men can talk any way they want in government, and they don't get that. Oh, you're talking down to people, right? Because then they're assertive. They're taking control. Women just Christy Freeland talked the way she always does. But no, she was talking down to everyone. It's it's that subtle 
sexism that they can just deny is sexism. And well, everybody they, rolls yeah. their eyes when you say it's sexism. No, but it's, it, it's true. I mean, they whenever she, she is composed and prepared with facts. She's she another seems, one. She's great. She seems knowledgeable. Um, she's she's not she's unflappable. She she knows her stuff and she, she's a storehouse of facts. And yeah. the right hates people who are, as far as they're concerned, uh, facts are just that fancy book learning that liberals use to try to keep uh, the white man down. And, yeah, and then they start lecturing us on science when it comes to, you know, certain convenient topics. Yeah, they lecture us about science while believing that the Bible is a, is a factual document. Um, yeah, I actually got a conservative to admit that the reason he has issues with gender is because nowhere in the Bible does it say that women are equal to men. Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say Circle K should be open 24 hours. But it is. The Bible doesn't say a lot of things specifically. The Bible is not the U.S. Constitution. Um, here's what's going to happen with the, the EA inquiry, okay? Okay. <laughs> Where did this, every time you say the EA inquiry, it's like, are you talking about Madden? No, I'm you not know, talking about the video, video game, game company. company. Emergencies Act. What's going to happen is the, uh, the findings will, will be published they will find that it was used properly and prudently and the, the Pierre Poev and his people will not accept it. They will find every conspiracy theory to say there's a reason that it is uh, that it was rigged. I've already seen somebody online say 90% of the people who were uh, testifying work for government agencies. Of course, they're going to have a bias. So they're already oh, preparing. Boy. Oh, boy. Um, they're going to come up with numerous conspiracy theories as to why, because this was always going to be the case. Unless, and that's the case with right-wingers these days, unless the, the thing goes their direction, they say that it was completely invalid. See, I have a slightly different prediction to what's going to happen. All right. Now, I mean, the, the Ottawa police chief already fell on his sword and resigned. Yeah. Right. So the guy that's there now is not the guy who was there when the, the convoy happened. But I think what's going to happen is and and I'm being serious now, as opposed to before, you can tell by my serious voice. Right. This is my serious face for radio. Um, but there are going to be recommendations regarding real failures of policing. And whenever we hit failures of policing, stuff goes kind of bananas and that's the reason why i'm i'm extra concerned about the way the conservatives are ramping this up and going full culture war on it because mistakes were made but with something like this what's more important we get it we get it right the next time or we blame people so you're you know? saying that when the, there are points criticizing police the Right wingers who supposedly support the police will come out and say that this was that they were being scapegoated. Well, let's face it: the police skew conservative. That's not you. something that people like to talk about. Cops skew conservative. It's just, it's just the way it goes, and it's gonna the part of the reason that this is going to be so ugly when the findings come out is because it's been politicized and people. A particular pet peeve of mine is when people call something a trial when it's not a trial. 
and they call something a criminal trial when it's not a criminal trial. Yeah. And they've done that with this. And so when nobody goes to jail at the end of this, people go, it was rigged. It was rigged. What's the point? The point is not to place blame. The point is so that this doesn't happen again. And the Emergencies Act doesn't have to be invoked again because the police handle it better. And that, to me, is a very important part of the structure of this act. And that's something that's getting missed in all the reporting of it. And I, I, I am going to call out, you know, other members of the media in this, that they're not reminding people of what this is and what it's designed to do and why it was put into the act in the first place. This is good. This is democracy functioning. Yes, which is amazing because Trudeau is a tyrant. Um, I, I that that just well, we, we got to go to break. Yeah, that was a thing I, trending. I, uh, Trudeau must go to jail. Let, let's let's talk about that when we come back. Yeah, and, and that said, takes time to unpack. When I, I answered, Trudeau must go to jail. I said, yeah, he still owes me two hundred dollars for landing on Park Place, where I have two hotels. Okay, but okay, calling him a tyrant and then saying he should go to jail. For what? What is his crime? That's what that I asked. An, that is an <laughs> authoritarian instinct. But that's why, like, you're getting me ranting. And I know we got to go to break. All right, we'll go to break. All, All right. right, back in a second. All right, I got Joel. I got Joel. Ranty up. Well, this is something that I'm, I feel strongly about. Because I went to school with a lot of people who came from countries that actually were authoritarian. Right. The former Soviet Union, uh, people from Afghanistan, Somalia, you know, places like that, Syria, not, not too many Syrians. But, you know, there were children of people who fled the uh, 79 revolution in Iran, places like that. My my friend uh, was on Air India Flight 182 when it got bombed, um, you know, two th- uh, three quarters of her family was on that plane, died. Um And so this stuff, you know, when you're six years old and you learn about terrorism for the first time, that stays with you. And so I and and then, you know, growing up in in Jane and Finch and seeing people treated like criminals before they'd done anything wrong. This just sits wrong with me when people start saying he should be in jail. He should go to jail. Jail is a last resort in terms of keeping law and order, keeping the peace, also, whatever you want to call it. To go, before somebody can go to jail or prison, yeah. they actually have to have broken a law. Yes, and we live in a society of innocent until proven guilty. And Trudeau that's hasn't extremely... even been, like, they, they can't even tell me what it was he did that was illegal. Like, they, you ask them, and they come up with answers they, which are just, they're, they're not factual. They it's think like, no, the that's whole not a... we thing was breaking the law. Uh, they in the end it was found that there was some minor conflict of interest with Bill Morneau, but other yeah. than that, uh, there was nothing untoward about what happened with We. I mean, there was questions about We, the organization, which came to light as a result of that, but there was nothing. They the, the inquiry there did not find that there was any skullduggery uh, going on they in just, them being selected. I mean, they just don't like Trudeau, so he should be in jail, and yeah. that's messed up. Yeah, oh, that's messed up. And then they call him a tyrant. Yeah, that's the funny thing is these people are but stupid. 
Like it's not just are, that. Oh, they, Anna, they are so stupid. They are stupid. Okay, I don't want to say they're stupid because I, I've the met The ones some... I deal with are stupid. Okay, there are others, though, that they, they're clearly college educated. They clearly have, you know, they've watched a lot of YouTube videos. They have a lot of words, but they are frightened people. And they they don't think... They don't engage their intellect. So I have no idea how smart or not smart they are. And it's because they've they've got, I can't say the words I want to say, but they've gotten the you know what scared out of them by this constant drumbeat of something is amiss. You know, they I'm not even gonna repeat some of the rumors that the conservatives spread about about Trudeau. Because they're unsubstantiated and they're very serious. And you know what? I have encountered people continuing to say those accusations, ones which couldn't even be published because they they did not meet the standard yeah. of evidence. They continue to speak of them as if it was accepted that these are facts. And then they go on about freedom. And I'm sorry, when you're accusing people of crimes without evidence, that is not freedom. You are not pro-freedom. Um, I The people I deal with, you deal with a whole, like our audiences on, on social media are not the same. Um, I deal with some so stupid right-wingers. Like, I have no problem with people who take facts and look at them from a different angle than I do. I don't right. even like calling them right wingers or conservatives anymore. I, they're I don't nationalists. Call them, I don't call them conservatives. I call them right wingers. Yeah, they're nationalists. Um, these people are so stupid. They they don't. First of all, they put up links to articles, which when you read the article, um, it doesn't actually say it, what they claim. It, 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 it disproves what they're saying. So they've never even read the article. They put up articles from um, websites. Um, what was one? There was one that was hilarious. It was uh, something with the word lion in it. And mm -hmm. it was like L-Y-I-N. It's like, there's no there's no authority to this website. Yeah. It's an outlier. And just because you can put a website or put a video on, that doesn't mean that you have any knowledge whatsoever. Uh, but they cling to these people. These, you know, and cling is a good term because they're like Klingons in the toilet. They just hang on and they stink. They um, they don't, they are afraid of change. They are afraid of the pace of change. And I know some people who they've had one bad experience with one particular person who claims to be from a particular group and they just retreat and go totally reactive. And now all people from that same group are bad and you can't convince them otherwise. And then they want, I have legitimate questions. I have legitimate concerns. It's like, well, so are, so do the people that you're afraid of. And somebody's going to have to blink first. And my attitude is, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind giving people a few if they seem to be in good faith, but the minute they start accusing people of crimes without evidence, that's it. That's bad faith. That is not a pro-freedom argument. That is not a pro-freedom of speech argument. That's a guilty of something argument. And I'm done when people do that. There have to be standards. You know what I did today? What? I banned, blocked three people from my Twitter. And I feel so good. I, 
I used to not block them because they then use a screen cap and go to their their pals. And say, yeah, Look. people people are blocking so much now because of of Elmo that it, everybody's blocking now. Well, it's, I, it's a new dawn. I I decided a little while ago before Musk took over Twitter. I was like, you know what? I am allowing these idiots to spread their nonsense yeah. on my page. Yeah. My yeah. page is like my house. You don't yeah. come into my house and talk crap like that. And I was giving oxygen to their yeah. stupidity. Now, yeah. sometimes I like to do that because I like to um, uh, counter their stupidity. So people who, who are uh, paying attention, who want to have the vocabulary and the information yeah. to shut these kinds of that's people right. down in their own lives, yeah, they can right. get it from my... But then it goes on too long and people... Uh, it's just, you are... You are nonsense. You you cannot uh, respond to questions about factual things, and you are continuing to spread things that are just going. They're just poison in the air, and it's like, no, you're not doing that on on my page. So I I mean I ban people very free, infrequently. The fact that I got three today, I'm like that. Remember that story about the brave little tailor? Like yeah. Three in one blow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got three of them today, and. Uh, I don't care if they take that, you know, they'll take the screen cap. Oh, this all blocked me because you couldn't handle what I had to say. Uh, and by the way, another thing for those people, when we are engaging in a discussion debate on Twitter and you put something up and I don't respond to it, um, it is not because you got me. It's because I got up and lived a life. Oh, you've got those types? Yeah, the ha ha, he couldn't respond. Another bill, uh, yeah, he couldn't do you, respond. Do you screen profiles before you respond to people? Um, mostly. Because I, anybody whose account is less than like two, three months old and they're, they're throwing bombs, they're blocked. That's a troll. I'm not going to bother with them. They're, they're, they're beneath me. And people get on me for, for saying stuff like that, but I'm sorry. My time is valuable. There was a a thing this week. I got a private message. I put up a tweet. Wait, your DMs are open? Yeah. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, it's a, I get I actually get some really good stuff there. Um, and uh, so they DM me. I had put up a tweet about the fact that um, people are spreading disinformation and misinformation. Okay. And you know my and the person DMs me and says. Why are you opposed to misinformation? Whatever happened to the anti-establishment figure of my youth? Wait, hold on. Why are you opposed to disinformation? Yes, yes. And I said, I responded, said, when has disinformation ever been um, the, the solid background of being anti-establishment? And, but, well, but... You, you're, you're supporting the things that they want you to believe. I'm not supporting the things they want me to believe. I'm supporting the things I believe. Because okay. I'm getting this from people who are experts who know what they're talking about. It's okay. like, you know what? I take my car to a mechanic because I don't know how to fix my own car. And when they tell me something is not is, is broken, I trust them. I don't go in and say, I'm going to go watch a YouTube video and see if I can fix my car myself. See, I would not. I'd say to this guy, why are you OK with this information? I because did. His, I, it did come to that. Because his argument is that the stuff you're spreading is disinformation because they think it's the Orwellian propaganda model. So his, his entire beginning assertion, first of all, is wrong. 
Second of all, this is way too smart for radio, isn't it? Like this is way too formal logic. Don't he's trying going. to have it. He's trying to have it both ways. And my attitude now, my rule is that a person must first prove their claim before I will respond to the claim. And if they can't do it, I'm not giving them anything because that's that's the way they rope dope you into giving them fodder that they can spread around. Like manure. Like, you know, I, it, this idea, like I get people saying that uh, I'm being paid by the liberals or by some some globalist conspiracy. Yeah, that, that's well, easy where's my checks? Too. I didn't get I got nothing. You know, the what? Liberal party won't even give you an interview. Never that's mind. Right. Uh, like if I wanted to actually use the use of social media and stuff to make money, I would I would start being a right winger because there is money in being a right wing lunatic. There is no money in being a reasonable there's, moderate. There's even money in being a left wing lunatic. There's no money in being sane. Yeah, and so the idea that I and the idea that because what I am saying is the same as what is uh, covered in the news um, and what government is saying, it means that we're all in some cabal trying to 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 fool people as opposed to no. I'm taking information from proper information sources, and I am believing that. The media also draws information from, from the same um, respected information sources. No, they don't go. It's like, uh, who was it? Asimov said that um, your ignorance is not equal to my knowledge. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, just- the thing, the thing is, like, mainstream media, established media, legacy media does get it wrong too often and we can have that discussion especially in the gaming space lord i could talk all day about the mistakes they've made it, digital culture like online culture in general but being ignorant and getting it wrong is not the same thing as deliberately spreading falsehoods no 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 when you legitimately believe what you were saying yeah. is factual that is that might be misinformation but it is not dis disinformation is something you deliberately are spreading that you know is false. Yeah, it's it's propaganda. And yeah. you know, the, the the media gets it wrong a lot, trust me. But I don't get the sense it's intentional. They're they're coming at it from a place of fear as well. All right, we're going to go to a break. Mm -hmm. And we're coming back. Okay. I don't know why I have to say that. Everybody knows I'm going to a break. It's, well, it's just, I'm, we're going to a break and I'm never coming back. It's just a it's just a radio thing. All right. And we'll be back. Sad week in uh in Toronto sports. Uh Boreas Salming, the mm -hmm. uh legendary uh hockey player, NHL player, who was just, I believe, in town. This week in Toronto, this past week, gathering with, I think I saw him with Lanny McDonald. Uh, was it Eddie Shack there? Is Eddie Shack dead? Um, oh, so those photos are Carol like Sittler. super recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. And he was fighting ALS, which was known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm -hmm. um, and he passed away. Like he was just here and he got like a standing ovation and stuff. What a, what a nice way to go out, though. Like a couple of days before, he's being honored by people who he meant so much to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything 
about sports, but I know Boris Solomon. I yeah, know I was I was surprised you, you were like, well, I was like, what? Ed wants to talk about hockey? Yeah, I don't want to talk about hockey, but Solomon. I okay. Mean, the, uh, the, the hockey players of my youth, there just seemed to be something about them that they were much bigger than life. Like guys today, like Sidney Crosby, whatever, they're just too pretty. Um, and, well, and that's because they, they have helmets and face shields. <laughs> okay, there's that. They have their teeth. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they, they're just, it seemed like the, the guys back in the 70s playing for, for the Leafs or whatever, um, it just seemed like there was more of a rough and tumble around these guys. Um, whereas the, these new guys, it's like, uh, I'm surprised that they're willing to wear helmets because it affects their hair. Um, I, I, I understand that the quality of play from these people, like like Sidney Crosby, I understand is is good. I mean, I know Sidney Crosby as, hey, he's that guy from those Tim Hortons commercials. Right. Um, but there was just something, I don't know, about maybe it was about the nature of hockey was different back in those days. It was a little rougher of a game or a lot rougher of a game. Um, it was less corporate than it is now. De definitely less corporate. Yeah, it, it, it was just less shiny. Um, well, than, tickets than weren't 130 bucks for Reds. No, I think, the red, I think the Reds were like four bucks. I don't yeah, remember. They were, they were, I, the first time I went to a hockey game, it was $13. Yeah, so add a zero, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's I remember the last time I went to a hockey game. I think you went with me. Um, I couldn't believe, and it was at the uh, wherever the Leafs there Canada Center or whatever I, it is now. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. These were not the same seats. These rough, uncomfortable seats I was used to. And everyone it didn't was on have a freaking phone. It didn't have a smell to it like an arena. Um, there was uh, big screens everywhere playing ads constantly. Oh, yeah, it, it it looked like WrestleMania or something. It did not, and everything looked clean. The uh, the where the where the, the seats <laughs> were, everything was clean. just so everything just looked so clean. And I was like, this is not hockey. I went to the bathrooms, the men's room, no troughs, no trough urinals, no yeah. trough urinal. Yeah, that was a very communal thing. When, you know, men would stand next to each other, peeing into the same trough. That that built camaraderie. Oh it my built God. a sense of masculinity. It did not. It did. That's, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it's just become too Hollywood hockey. And this is just from somebody who's on the outside looking in. It just doesn't interest me. Whereas I did have some interest uh, in the 70s with, uh, you know, some of those superstar names. Um, they just See, also seemed like characters, like Eddie Shack. I got a nose for value. Um, like I, I people like that. There was they were characters. They weren't just players who have uh, you know agents and PR firms. But that's the Raptors now in this city. For a while there, it was the Jays. You know when they were doing the 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 pennant, like the World Series stuff back when I was a I was a teenager. But now right. it's the Raptors. You know, they're they're the young team that's still excited to be here. And that won't last long. But th that's a thing about Toronto. There's so much of everything here that people rapidly take it for granted. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, you go out. Well, the thing is, you take it for granted. And then you go someplace like out east and you actually yeah. enjoy what isn't there. But I, I totally get why the rest of Canada has sort of a resentment for Toronto. It's fair criticism. 
Well, Toronto thinks it's poop doesn't stink. Except how could you tell downtown smells so bad? Oh, I hate downtown Toronto. I hate it. And I want to thank David Miller, who was for a period of time (sighs) the mayor of Toronto, who was a big environmentalist guy who uh, gave permits. It used to be if you wanted to build a big tower downtown, you had to provide a certain amount of parking underground. Well, Mm -hmm. he made it so you could build these buildings without any parking. And so the developers were like, parking, building parking costs money. I'm not going to put it in parking because their idea was they're going to not have parking. So more people will take transit. Yeah, that didn't work. They didn't didn't improve transit. They just said people will take transit because we're not giving them places to park. That's not what happens. What happens is people driving around looking to see if you get in, you go into a, into a parking garage, drive around, looking to see if anybody's walking to their car. And if the yeah. person, there was a car in front of you, you're cursing them because they're going to get the next spot, you know? And when people walk to their car just to put packages in there and then walk back to continue their shopping, you're angry. Like it's, it, it, it did not, it did not create the green utopia he was looking for. And I curse that David Miller every time I'm trying to park downtown. Yeah, because you have to build the infrastructure so that people can use it before you force them to use it. Well, well yeah, uh, I'm trying to. Uh, uh, the, that's such simplicity. I don't know why it, it, it isn't the rule the, of the day. Because it costs money to build infrastructure and the revenues have to come from somewhere, and that's not popular. And that's when Doug Ford goes to the cottage. Oh my! When when Doug Ford put out that tweet, when uh, the Ontario government was negotiating with CUPE, the, the teachers, uh, workers, uh, the education workers, mm-hmm. um, to try to avoid a strike, everyone wanted to avoid a strike yeah. happening on Monday, and, and Ford tweets that ah, the. These negotiations are so important. I would be there myself. I would come back from the cottage myself if there wasn't the threat of snow. No, no progressive politician could say that. It wasn't actually that there was snow. There was a possibility of snow. First of all, why are you at your cottage when this major crucial thing is happening with your government? That yeah. guy, he goes to his cottage. It doesn't matter what's that. Toronto could be burning and he'd go to his cottage. Um, but like- that's, I mean, that is, if if he were, you know, left of, I don't know, name figure, people freak out. But if he were left wing, people would be all over that. Because he's right wing, for whatever reason, it's like the appeal of this kind of person. I don't know what you call it anymore because this is not the conservative values I grew up with. Well, this guy's just a bumpkin. They like bump. The the people who vote for him like him because he's a bumpkin. They are fine with guys like that abusing the people who work for them. And then they're lazy. It's like the people who insist that Elon Musk is such business genius even after they've read his Twitter feed. And, and they're fine and with he's him killing you Twitter. Be hardcore. You have to work 60 hours a week. Well, he's tweeting nonsense and claiming that's work. That is not the conservatism that I was raised with. Well, I don't know what happened to the good kind of conservatism. None of these people who call themselves conservatives 
could identify or have have read Adam Smith or know who he is or Thomas Sowell or any of the others. They don't know. They're not, not conservatives. Not anyway, some of those conservative premiers in you know the seventies. Yeah, th- they weren't this. No, they weren't crazies. Th- this is not. There was a rationality to them back then. This isn't traditional values. This isn't economic conservatism. I don't know what this is. We need to stop giving it, you know, a veneer of respectability by calling it conservatism. It's not. All right. On that, we're going to go to a break and then never come back. Back in a minute. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I just want to know where the hell here here's a song okay where have all the contractors gone <laughs> long time passing oh man where i have been trying to get a contractor to do a job it is not a big job it, that's, the, that's problem. the problem they don't want to come and do jobs that aren't huge so they don't they, they say they're going to do the job and then the day before i, I, I can't come I, I i you're out of my area i didn't realize you lived that far away um like it, it it's maddening. I just want to get something done, but unless you're doing ma- like gutting your house, um, contractors are just not available. It's like y- y- we're going into a recession. Apparently, everyone's afraid of going into a recession. Not for contractors. These people can pick and choose the jobs they want. It's like like nobody. And then they start a job and then they leave it for weeks. Like there's these people. They they they, they destroyed this narrow world like a colossus. If I may use Shakespeare. Um, well, the and, problem is one contractor botches a job or doesn't finish the job, and then you can't get someone to come in and finish a job because the job's too small. Well, it, exactly it. Uh, this what why I should have been a contractor. This should have been that I should have been a contractor. The problem is I have no arm. I was about to say I think I think you are a person with a disability, Ed. I I don't know that. I'm not going to is... hold a hammer in my mouth. It'll rattle my cranium. Yeah. Um. But if I, well, mind you, did the Property Brothers ever lift a hammer? I don't know. No, I think I... I've seen one episode of their show. I got to, I'm not, I used to watch home improvement shows all the time and I got really burned out on them. You used to also watch um, Forged in Fire. The yeah, and, then, and then Will Willis left and it wasn't the same. It's amazing that a host would make a difference when the main attraction is people beating metal. You, you know what? If I if I uh, if I stuck with it, I probably would have been okay. I just don't have as much time for TV anymore either. No, um, even though there's some there's some good television on now. Even even network TV, like most people have abandoned they've abandoned ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, Fox, not Fox News. They they're like you know people don't watch uh, U.S. network TV. There's some really good shows on you know U.S. What, network TV. You know what the thing is? If you see the numbers on U.S. network, it is still you know multiple factor bigger than the water cooler shows. Yeah, bigger than streaming. Oh, way bigger. Than, I mean, uh, a successful streaming show will get two million viewers. Yeah, and that's I think if you get two million viewers on broadcast, you get canceled. Yeah, I mean they're you know, successful network shows still get like 10 million. And so knock it all you want. People are still watching. And yes, they're older. And so people turn up their noses at that. But 
why why should an older pair of eyeballs be seen as less than you know 18 you know, to 34 you know why because it's believed amongst marketers and advertisers that older people are set in their buying patterns and will not try a new brand they always go and get the same yeah, thing I, they've I... got for years and so advertisers don't want to advertise shows that have um a, an older demographic because they think they're not going to get their money's worth. And See, I actually think they're wrong about that because older viewers still believe everything they see on TV. I do not. Oh, come on. I do not. I want, I'm watching Game of Thrones now. I never watched it before. Um, I don't yeah, believe that's yeah. real. Ed's watching Game of Thrones and he keeps asking me, who people are and what's going to happen. He has no patience to let the story play out. I am just trying to make you feel like you're watching it with your mother. <laughs> oh man. Okay. But like, at, at, you have no, you would have gone crazy when this show was first on. Cause it, it is so decompressed, right? It it's house of the dragon picked up the pace quite a bit. Well, I started with house of the dragon. I thought that yeah. was pretty good. And now I, I go on yeah. to this thing, and this thing's so so much better oh, yeah. than House of the yeah. Dragon. Yeah. House of the Dragon basically was let's distill everything that happened in Game of Thrones and distill the characters and just redo it. Yeah, let's let's shuffle characteristics and make nobody remotely a decent human being. Well, that's the thing on premium TV these days is having people who are not decent human beings. And I mean, you that thing you had it started in broadcast with House. Then you got uh, Breaking Bad, where the decent human beings were demonized by the audience. People like Skylar White, who are trying to keep her family together, that, when that her irresponsible scary. husband has put them in in danger of losing everything. And people are like on her back saying that she's uh, a, a biatch. Um, and it's like, I always know if we're talking Breaking Bad, and I'm, the guy I'm talking to hates Skylar White. I know this guy is a douche bag. Yeah, it's a red flag. Big, big red flag. But, you know, I, I and it's funny because I've been I've been more vocal on my YouTube channel about wanting actual heroes again. And, you know, I see this as somebody who tends to end up rooting for the villain now just because everybody's disgusting on a show. But, you know, I talk about, yeah, I'm down for a joyous Superman. Can we please have heroes back? And it's amazing how many people are totally like full throated agreement. On that. Well, you know what Bonnie Tyler said? I'm holding out for a hero. Oh my God, that song. I haven't thought about that song. Do, 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 all right, we are speaking of heroes. I'll just drop this in there. There are talks of uh, uh, Kurt uh, Russell coming back to play Snake Plissken. Yeah. Uh, John Carpenter directing Escape from Earth. And, Escape from uh, the... And the co-star will be Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. All right. That will either be great or a huge mistake, no in between. I think it will be a huge mistake. Um. We're going to go, but uh, if you want to do something that isn't a mistake, track down the podcast known as It's Not Therapy, which is hosted by uh, Leanna. Um, real track it down like it's so hard to find. 
I'm giving you a promo and you're you're on me. Sorry, you're right. It's practical, hands-on advice for dealing with day-to-day problems, things we encounter all the time, things that things that go on day after day that we don't know how to how to deal with. Um, it, it, and instead of it, there being like therapy, which takes months and months and months and uh, to get anywhere, this is uh, answers to like here's what you can do today. To, to try to make your life better. Um, no BS, no psychobabble, lots of good guests, lots of good humor, lots of pop culture references. That is called It's Not Therapy. Um, new episodes drop Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saga960 AM, Saga960AM.ca at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, uh, it it uh, goes to all podcast platforms. So yes. you can, no matter what your podcast platform is, Put it this way, if you have a podcast platform you're using and It's Not Therapy isn't there, you're using a really crappy podcast platform, find another. Um, And uh, some big news coming up for uh, New Music Nation soon, but we'll save that. Right. All right, you know what time it is, right? It's time to say bye-bye. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, hang on, I'm going to do a drum roll. Here is Leanna. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.